Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, Summer in the Gospels. This summer, we're spending our Sunday mornings in the Gospels, which are the first four books in the New Testament. In each passage, Jesus teaches an important lesson about what it means to follow Him. When we read these scriptures, it will help us learn more about Jesus and how to help us follow Him. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Pastor Francis Chan tells a story about a man named Vaughn who lived out his purpose as a follower of Jesus. He says, you know, a few years ago, a missionary came to our church and told a beautiful story about sharing the gospel with a remote tribe in Papua New Guinea. And at the end of the story, the missionary said, you know, I should really give the credit to Vaughn, my former youth pastor who loved me and inspired me to live for Jesus and share the gospel with others. Francis goes on, he says, you know, the next week another guy came to our church and he challenged us to stay, to start sponsoring kids who were living in poverty. This second speaker also concluded by saying, you know, I'm involved in this ministry because of my youth pastor, a guy named Vaughn. Francis said, I found out those two speakers had been in the same youth group with Vaughn. He goes, then the next week, another speaker came and he told us about his ministry at a rescue mission in the inner city of Los Angeles. After he spoke, I casually mentioned, you know, it's so weird. The last two weeks, both of our speakers mentioned how much impact their youth pastor, a guy named Vaughn, had on them. The speaker looked surprised, and then he told him, I know Vaughn. He's a pastor in San Diego now, and he takes people into the dumps in Tijuana, Mexico, where kids are picking through the garbage. I was just with Vaughn in Tijuana. We would walk in the city, and these kids would run up to him, and he would show such deep love and affection for them. He'd hug them, and he had gifts and food for them, and he'd figure out how to get them showers. And then the guy continued talking to Francis. He said, you know, it was eerie. The whole time I was walking with Vaughn, I kept thinking, if Jesus was on earth, I think this is what it would feel like to walk with him. Vaughn just loved everyone he ran into, and he would tell them about God. People were just drawn to his love and affection. And then the speaker said, the day I spent with Vaughn was the closest thing I've ever experienced to walking with Jesus. Francis concluded his thoughts about that. He said, you know, hearing this made me think, would anybody in their right mind say that about me? Would anyone say that about you? As I thought about this, I prayed, Lord, That's what I want. I don't want to be the best speaker in the world. That doesn't matter, Lord. I don't want to be the most intelligent person on the planet. That doesn't matter. I don't want to be anything but to be known for someone who would say, wow, he's a lot like Jesus. She's a lot like Jesus. Ultimately, I think that's what, if we think about it, What we would want people to say about us, that because we believe in Jesus, that he's changed our life, that that there's a before and an after story for us, that, that we maybe, we weren't like Jesus, but now we are because we're following him. And you know, it's interesting 
The word Christian literally means little Christ. In other words, uh, like him. And so when we say we're a Christian, when we say we're a Christ follower, we're actually saying that we want to be like him. Now, that's part of the reason that we are encouraging people this summer to read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because we believe the more that we immerse ourselves in reading about Jesus and what he said and what he did and what he taught, the more he will change us to be like him. And you know, today we're going to look at the calling of the disciples. Anyone who believes in Jesus is supposed to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And it's interesting, when you read through the four Gospels, you'll see that the story of how Jesus calls them is a little bit different because it reflects the personality of the four Gospel writers. Scholars will point out that while Matthew, Mark, and Luke have very similar stories about the calling of the first disciples, that, that John's is a little bit different. In fact, it's like John is earlier on, and you can see that there, there was a relationship that was beginning and building before that calling by the Sea of Galilee. And so I want to start with, with Matthew's gospel story of the calling of the disciples And uh, it begins in chapter 4, verse 18. It's just a couple of verses. It'll be on the screen. So I encourage you just to, to pay attention to it. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed them. Now, I admit, when you read that passage, and again, it's very similar in the Gospel of Mark and in the Gospel of Luke, it just seems like, out of the blue, Jesus walked up to these four people and said, hey, come follow me, and they dropped everything. But that's why I mentioned the Gospel of John, because when you read the Gospel of John, you will see that initially some of these disciples were following John the Baptist, and there's sort of an introduction and a handoff, so their relationship predates this. And so there was an ongoing relationship where they were becoming more and more convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. And so when Jesus said, come, follow me, They were ready. Now, as we look at these narratives of these stories of Jesus calling the disciples, Jesus is saying something important to them then, but it's something that he is saying to every generation of Christ followers since that day. And it begins with an invitation, the invitation to come. So let's just start with that imperative that Jesus is giving us. It's a command, but it's not bossy. It's not like when your mother called you when you were a teenager and said, young lady, come down here right now. And it's not like a dog owner says to their pet, come here. When Jesus tells us to come, that command carries with it a sense of invitation, an invitation to something more. It's it's a, it's a command, but a command with an invitation to spend time with him, 
to enter into an ongoing relationship with him, to have meaningful experiences with the one who knows everything about us and still wants to know us and be in a relationship. You know, when I hear Jesus say, come to me, I can't help but think of the other times in the Gospels where where Jesus says a very similar command. For instance, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I'll freely admit that my understanding of Jesus' command to the disciples to come to him is influenced by these scriptures especially. These verses, uh, this verse helps me understand that our calling to come to Jesus is both gentle, but also significant, weighty. It comes with care and grace, but it also comes with importance. And as I said, wait. It's, it's a bit, has a bit of a feeling like an oxymoron, you know, where two opposites are put together to mean something like jumbo shrimp. And you know, in this passage, when Jesus says he is gentle and humble and then he come, and then he says, come to me and I will give you rest. That sounds so inviting. And then he says that word about the yoke and about the burden. And that feels a little bit like an oxymoron because he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But, but we know something about yokes. You know, yokes were put on plow animals. They were um, things that would keep a plow animal together in a team, hooked to a plow to, to till up the ground. And if you know anything about yokes, they're, they're not soft, they're hard. Uh, they were, are used to do hard work. Uh, and so to say a yoke is easy has a feeling of a little bit of an of a oxymoron. To, to, to say a burden is light is a bit of an oxymoron too because it, you know, the very dish definition of the word uh, burden means you're carrying something that has weight and heft to it. But Jesus is saying, when you come to me, I will give you a yoke and a burden, but the yoke for you will be easy and the burden will be light. Why is that? Why is this yoke for us easy and this burden light? Why? Well, I believe because it's with him. It's connected to him. Jesus is the key and he wants us to come to him. And when we come to him and are connected to him, we will understand that our yoke is easy and our burden is light. I remind you of what Jesus said about coming into a relationship with him and being connected to him. In the Gospel of John, he says, you know, I am the true vine and you, my followers, are the branches. And he continues, he says, if you remain connected to me, ask whatever you wish and I will give it to you and you will bear much fruit, he says. But he also says, if you're not connected to me, you can't do anything that's within the will of God. 
We go a little further into the New Testament and we see the Apostle Paul understood what it meant to come to Jesus. He had a a dramatic, supernatural experience of coming to faith in Jesus. And when he came to faith in Jesus, he became connected to him. And he discovered through that own personal relationship with Jesus, when he came to Christ, he was blessed in ways never before. He discovered that his yoke was easy and his burden was light. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know he went through difficult times. He suffered much for the cause of Christ, but he would say his yoke that Jesus gave him was light and the burden that Jesus gave him was easy. And he would say that because of his experience in being connected to Jesus, so much so that one time, after talking about all the challenges, he summarized it with these words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ followers, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we're connected to him, because we've come to him. So coming to Jesus is not scary because he's gentle and humble, but we must come to him first and foremost to receive the grace that brings salvation through faith in him. You know, just this year at Valleybrook, we've seen four people come to, to faith in Christ by putting their trust in him. And, and that's the most important thing that we do as a church that we help people come to faith. And and I want you to be praying that for many, many more people to come to faith so that we can help build the kingdom of God. But Jesus tells us, all of us, the world, come to me. And by that he means believe in me. And he wants us to help other people do that. He tells us that he loves us just as we are, but we need to deal with our just as we are-ness because that involves our own sinfulness. And so if we believe in him, if we believe he died to pay for our sins, when we come to him, we need to confess our sins and, and ask for his forgiveness and receive that forgiveness and, yes, also the promise of eternal life. But we have to remember that coming to Jesus isn't just about getting saved. It isn't a, it's more than that. It's about becoming a follower of Jesus. Coming to Jesus is about entering into a relationship with the Son of God who connects us to God the Father. So it's not just, I want to believe so I can get into heaven. It's, I want to have a relationship. I want to be connected. I want to come to Him by faith. And so Jesus made it clear when he called his disciples. He said, come, follow me. That's the second command, follow. Coming to Jesus by faith includes following him. And faith without following, it's not faith. You see, it's a relationship in which we follow Jesus and his teaching. Look at how Jesus described his relationship with his disciples. Again, going to the Gospel of John in chapter 10, he says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
Coming to Jesus means we enter into a relationship with him. And you can't have a relationship without knowing the other person and without the other person knowing you. It's, it's just like any human relationship we have. There has to be mutual knowledge of each other. We can't know each others, each, we can't know others without being known by them. And that, that relationship can't continue without continual communication where the relationship is nurtured and grows deeper. Let's take the marriage relationship, for instance. Your, your marriage will not grow and thrive without com, continual communication to nurture that relationship and to grow the intimacy of that relationship. So if we know Jesus, then we know he tells us to follow him. And following him means we let him communicate to us. We let him speak to us through scripture, which we understand is the word of God to us through the Holy Spirit. And that's why right now this summer, we're encouraging you to to read a chapter of the gospel every day. And I encourage you to, to go to our website and find out more about it. But there's a Bible app. We're actually using a, a, a little reading program. I'm encouraging people to, to be a part of it. You can go to our website and find out. But it, it's exciting because not only is there scripture to read, but there's also some video content that explains the Gospels in more detail. I, I want to encourage you to be a part of it and participate in it with that group so that we can encourage one another in our faith. The Bible calls Jesus, called Jesus' first followers disciples. So what's a disciple? Unfortunately, to many Christians today, they think a disciple is someone who is learning new and more and more new information about Jesus. People who think that want to hear something that's new to them, something they've never heard before, or they'll be dissatisfied. But following Jesus is not about getting more information. Following Jesus, being a Christian, is about spiritual formation. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus. The Greek word for disciple is mathetes. Mathetes can be translated as disciple, but but. More literally, it means learner or student or apprentice. In fact, Pastor John Mark Comer points out that he believes that the best definition of mathetes is apprentice. And he points out the context of a first century rabbi. He said, you know, first century rabbis had disciples and those disciples were like apprentices. Because as a follower of that rabbi, they did not want only more information from the rabbi. They wanted to become like that rabbi. They wanted to spend time with that rabbi. They wanted to do what that rabbi did. And at a certain point, when the rabbi thought that they were mature enough, he would release them to have their own followers. Following Jesus is about being his apprentice, spending time with him, becoming more like him, doing what he did in the world. That's what he calls us to do. 
knowing Him and having a relationship with Him and following Him. So we come to Him, we follow Him, and then there's a third command, and it's, it's somewhat implied, um, but it's uh, implied in the calling of the disciples. And after he said, come to him and follow him, he told the disciples that he was going to teach them to do what he was doing, which was connect with people, or as we see in Matthew, fish for people. Pastor Eugene Peterson translates Jesus' calling of the disciples in verse 19 this way. He said, Jesus said to them, come with me and I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. Now, I suspect there's not a lot of people who uh, got their fishing license for the fishing opener this year. So this probably looks more attractive than going out with a fishing rod and reel. I appreciate the words of Professor John Nolan. He writes about this passage. He says, What the first instance calls for is a quite literal following of Jesus. But what is in view is an apprenticeship which prepares these disciples for carrying out the same activity as Jesus himself. The fishing metaphor should not be overly pressed, though, he says. It is used because of the work that these disciples were engaged in. The way in which people were to be gathered, or he says fished for, needs to be read through the example of Jesus' own ministry, which he summarized later in verse 23. It's a call to catch people And he's presenting that as more urgent than that of catching fish. So let's go to verse 23 in Matthew chapter 4 and see what Jesus did and what he wants his followers to do. So this is what we read. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among people. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to teach or share what we know about Jesus with other people. We're supposed to proclaim the good news that that Jesus has, has changed us and we need to let people see that change. And then we need to heal people. You know, you may not be able to heal people supernaturally, but you can heal their hearts and their minds and their souls by loving them and caring for them like Jesus did. That's what we're called to do. We're called to come to Jesus, to follow Jesus, and we're called to fish for others. Now, some people will say, well, Jesus did all of that because that was Jesus. He was the Son of God, and we're not. But we have to take seriously our calling to be Jesus' disciples. So remember what Francis Chan said about Vaughn? He said Vaughn was a follower of Jesus who shared with others what he learned about Jesus. He told people the good news about Jesus. He healed people by the way he cared for them and loved them. And he did that because he understood what the call of Jesus was for him. And that's what he calls us to do. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up for our final song. But, you know, here's what I want us all to know. 
that, that this starts with coming to Jesus. And so, you know, before we celebrated the Lord's Supper, I invited anybody that had not put their faith and trust in Jesus for the first time or to recommit to do that. I'm going to move into a time of prayer again, and I'll just go silent and let you pray and tell him you want to be a follower or renew your commitment to him if you never have. I would say whenever you've prayed that prayer, let me know, because I have some material that we put together as a congregation that we want to put in your hands so that we can encourage you in that relationship. But then I want to pray for all of us that, that we would understand that coming to Jesus is about being in a relationship with him, that we would understand that being in a relationship with Jesus is not about, oh, one day I'm going to die and go to heaven. It's about following him now until the day he calls us home. And being a follower of Jesus is about fishing for people by teaching them, sharing with them what you've learned about Jesus, by letting them see the difference he has made in your life and by bringing healing to them, by loving and caring for people the way that Jesus did. So if you would, bow your heads and let's pray. Father, as we come here today, we cannot avoid the calling that you have for everyone. You say, through your son, come to me. Enter into a relationship. You say, follow me. In other words, be with Jesus. Do things like Jesus. And share with others what Jesus has done. And then you tell us to fish. To do all those things so that other people will come to faith. So Lord, I pray for everyone that we would understand the calling that Jesus has on us. I pray, Lord, that for anyone who's never put their faith in you, that they would do that today they would pursue that. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, that as we seek to spend time in your word, reading the gospels, that you would speak to us in ways that we would never imagine, that we would hear your call in a deeper and a more profound way, more relevant than ever before. And that after doing this, that we would not be the same. We would be fully devoted followers pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.